So this week I have my first guest uh, of many, a good friend of mine's Anthony Rockymore, the host of the Ant Money Experience, live every Thursday, 7 p.m. on the Big Exclusive Network. We sit down and we talk fatherhood, we talk relationships, we talk dating, you know, um, we talk missteps that we've had in fatherhood, you know, and just like uh, his military life, his reason for joining the military, um, his reasons for getting out of the military, you know, and... It was just a really good, at least I think, a really good uh, fire-ass, dope-ass conversation. Um, it was just sitting down and talking to one of my friends. And uh, the way I met it, I've known it now for about four to five years. I met him literally through playing Madden. That was how I met him, uh, through, uh, through a mutual friend. Had set up like a Madden league for us to play in, and he was one of the players in it. And then we're all like in the same group chat now. Um, because of that, and our, our friendship has just grown. We've hung out a couple times. Uh, every time I've hung out with him, he's he's himself. Like, Ant is really, like, what you guys see is what you get. He's he's really, he's not going to fake it. He's not going to try to be anybody. He's not. He's really, and he's just overall just a good human being. Um, and he's, you know, a great dad, which is, y'all know, I'm big on just being a good dad, being a good parent, being active. And um, so... Yeah, so sit back. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. You know, enjoy the episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoy Ant. And um, yeah, here it is. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome back to another episode of A Safe Space for Men. I'm your host, Ryan. Uh, please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe to the podcast. I truly appreciate it. Uh, today, I'm joined by my good friend, uh, <coughs> Ant Money. Uh, yes, yes. How's it going? How's it going? I'm about to say, I say your government or not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, you good. You good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if y'all, y'all know Ant, um, I was on his podcast about a week ago. Uh, you know, he had me on and we've been talking about it. So now we're getting into it. Um, I got him here with us today. Um, go ahead and tell him a little bit about yourself. You know, I'm uh, 36. I'm a Taurus. I like long walks through the hood. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> My name is Ant. Uh, recently, I started a podcast, The Ant Money Experience, coming to you on the Big Exclusive Network every Thursday at seven o'clock and you know I just wanted to bring something a little different than what I see in a lot of podcasts I want to make my podcast as entertaining as possible we have serious moments in it but it's purely entertainment I think there's too many podcasts that just like the serious stuff up and it's a lane for those things but I mean people need enjoyment too I I mean like your podcast I love it it's dope and it's something that I don't see anywhere else. Okay. That's what that's what makes me a fan of it. Thank you. But also with my podcast, I feel like there's just not enough purely entertainment 
type of podcast. So I, that's what I wanted to bring to the game, and that's what I hope I'm delivering to people every Thursday at seven o'clock on a big exclusive network. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it seems like everybody's either too serious or um not serious. Like it's not an in between. Like to me, right. yours, you do a little bit of both. Like you cover a lot. You cover sports. You cover relationships. Um, you got jokes. You got funny videos. Like you're right. doing everything. You kind of like and. It, so it's it actually get I think you probably able to like reach a different audience because if right. I'm looking for just to have a good laugh I'm gonna get that if I want right. to hear something serious I'm gonna get that too so you kind of get like like the best of both worlds and that's why I, I like I, I told you I was talk, I like that yours is live like that definitely, that really definitely. that to me that's live is hard to do like like I said you don't know you don't it's no way to really plan you could plan for it right but it's not gonna always go you know the exact way that you expected to go yeah because i mean i'll practice and i'll have like i do scenarios of how i want something to go but i can have a comment come up and it'll take me completely off my path because somebody something resonated with that person and once i go address it somebody else says well no this day and the third but i like it as a dope dynamic and i mean i really enjoy it i, I see that a lot you'll be like yo pull that comment back up right you'll go have like a five ten minute conversation like your last your last one went long like that yo was, and it, it didn't feel i didn't realize it to the, the end i was like damn it's like almost two hours but it yo, didn't feel like two real hours. and that's and that's the part that was dope about it i knew that when i made the docket and i told my homie um and i sent the videos to the producer to put up while everything is going on I knew that it was going to run over an hour because I'm like, I can see just this first segment is going to be long. And I mean, the first segment itself, usually my segments, I try to break them up into like 20 minute increments just because the show, I like to keep it in an hour. But we was at an hour before we finished (laughs) the first segment. So I'm like, oh, this this is going to be a a good one. Um, YouTube, y'all was was, a... Y'all did that. That was a good one. Y'all ain't had to take that away from me. <laughs> but I'm just come back even better next week. So make sure y'all looking out for for Ant's podcast, man. Um, I, it's actually it's on. My, I got it. The link on my page is on my link tree. Um, but y'all can follow him at the Ant Money Experience. Everything spelled <laughs> the Ant Money Experience. No underscores, none of that. Just straight up the Ant Money Experience. And it'll be in the um. It'll be. And uh, the information underneath my podcast, I'll make sure everything is tagged in there so you guys can find it. So check that out. Um, we're going to get into it today. I mean, the first thing I got for you, uh, it's kind of, actually, this is what I ask like, pretty much all my friends. Um, it's just, how's your mental health? How's life? You know, how's everything going for you? Well, I say as far as my mental health, I'm, I'm regular. Is I feel like my life always go through these cycles of, like, everything is good, then it'll get, like, It'll go from bad, medium to good. Right now, I'm in like a medium. I I don't have no real complaints. Everything is good, but it's not like great. Right. It's just like just regular right now. But um, it's I can't complain. I can't complain. Yeah, I feel like I always I always ask people that. Um, I do that like with my brother a lot. Like I we'll be te- we'll be texting. I just ask like how, like my other brother. Um, I'm gonna say his name, but we was talking the other day. Um, he actually had lost his dad. We was just talking. Okay. Was like, hey, how's you? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like no. When it comes to like men, nobody does that. Like, it's always just like when people texting me. Like, my mom, even my mom. My mom, I talk to mom. She's like, "How's the kids?" She's asking me about everybody but me. Not that they don't mean <laughs> she don't care about me, but right. we just expect it to just like, well, that's life, nigga. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you gotta yeah. do man shit. And I just feel like nobody ever acts. Nobody ever um, checks on like men. That's a that's a good point. Actually, right now, um, actually, I literally text him on my way over here. 
um, one of my homies, um, his brother committed suicide. Jeez. And um, it like when he gave me the call, I was like, damn, like, I don't know what to say. And it was like one of those things where they say that the person that commits suicide is always the person you least expected. Like right. when it's somebody that you like, they always like mentally go through things. You tend to like pay a little bit more attention to those people. Right. But I mean, when he told me, I was like, yo, what? It was a shocker. But I found myself just like we would always I would say we would text here and there, like, you know, life stuff, stuff be going on. But I found myself checking in on them. And it's not it's not a thing where it feels like I'm just checking on them just because that happened. It'll be something like, yo, fuck them Eagles. <laughs> right, yeah. It, it, it's not just a, a, like, yo, just checking on you. But I, yo, fuck them Eagles. Love you, bro. Talk to you later. Keep your head up. Hope everything's going good. But you're right. Not a lot of people check on us. It's always a, how everybody else around you doing. I, I, I do that with the chat every now and again. I, and I know, like, we play around that. Like, ah, oh, you gay, this and yeah, that. Yeah, because you, you was doing this, this real positive shit. <laughs> A little while ago, I ain't like that shit. Yo, 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 good morning, brothers. How's everybody doing Man, this fuck beautiful out of day? That positive shit. <laughs> but I be really want to check on people because, right. like, I really, I, I even do that with my family now. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know them. Like, we got a group chat, and I, I just check in, like, hey, how everybody doing? Just checking on people because, again, you never know what people are going. I, I, and I, I think that about how many times you, me, like, was going through stuff and nobody knew. Yeah, we was just, we was just getting up every day, dealing with it, going to work, whatever. And um, you know, everybody handles you know stress and emotion differently. But like you, when it, I I know when it, when I sit down, and I talk to like my like my real brothers and stuff. They like they order to me and they tell me all the time like, yeah, if you going through something, you got to say something because yeah. we taught to not say nothing. We taught to just get up, go to work, yeah. muscle it, Definitely. take care of kids, and just show up. Some days you can't show up. Some days you can't get out of bed. So yeah, checking on people is important, y'all. Um, what what does fatherhood mean to you? Like how how has it changed you? Um. I I actually had this conversation with somebody recently. I felt that fatherhood gave me purpose. So my daughter was born my second year of college. Okay. Yeah. So I was going, the first year was kind of like, uh, it was rough just going from the Philadelphia <laughs> public school system to Temple. It was, it was a rough, it was rough. So I was behind, but, you know, I kind of ran with the punches. I was running around all in love with my daughter's mother. And um, I literally flunked the, my entire second year of college. Okay. And um, they were they were kicking me out. They gave me a they gave me like a, a little probationary period. And I went through that and I got in and eventually ended up graduating. But that second year, it was rough. And the thing about it was. I I couldn't I had to make decisions, tough right. decisions, but it helped focus me because I got this child I gotta take care of. I can't just do nothing. So even if college didn't end up being the direction I went down, I knew that I had to do something. But I have this person that's dependent on me. You you gotta do something. And I mean, as I get older I see the relationship changing. Like I'm not the the cool dad I used to be, like the the joke's not as funny as they used right. to be. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> actually, I had a conversation with her yesterday. She was telling me about something with her little boyfriend. It was I won't I won't say it on camera, but uh, I had they had like a real like life 
conversation with her. I had to tell her like about disappointment. It, that's something that's going to follow you. There's going to be many people you come across that are going to disappoint you. And then she was telling me about school and how she was just having a rough time. And I'm like, yo, that's life. Life is never going to be easy. You're going to have stuff that's coming up that you just got to kind of roll with the punches. And how old is she now? 16. Okay. So how do you handle like, uh, so, like, you know, I, well, I have five girls and I got all different age brackets. But like, so obviously my oldest daughter is 19. How did you handle when your daughter started, like when she first came to you and she's like, I want to have a boyfriend or she want to date? Like, how was that for you? Like, how was that dynamic? So, it was funny because it was, it was kind of sprung on me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I always kind of felt that 16 is a good age to yeah. start dating. So, it was kind of said like, yo, we, we had conversations about sex and about different relationship things, but I didn't know she had a boyfriend. Okay. So we had we had a little beef. I'll be upfront and transparent about it. We had a beef and we didn't we went this period without talking. Okay. So um I guess I got to a point where I got past that. We started speaking again. And when we started speaking, she had a boyfriend. I was just like, Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Yeah, like so we had already had the uncomfortable talks about safe sex and stuff like that because I was like, I mean, I'm not that I'm not that overbearing day where I'm looking at all your locations and stuff like that. Now, if you, if I'm sending you somewhere with somebody, I don't know, that's one thing, but I trust her enough to do the right things. So I'm like, you know, say sex is in the third and she looking at me like, uh, cause I don't know why you really want to talk about that with their yeah, parents. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. as an adult, I don't want to talk about that with my right. dad, but um, it's just, it's a lot of trust and I instill in you the life lessons that you're going to get. You're not a baby anymore. Right. So I just kind of have to trust that she's going to make the, make the right decisions. I struggle with that. Um, I talked about that last last That was episode. a good podcast, actually, you. when you talked about how you struggle with that. Cause I was like, it, it is, it is tough. But one thing that I'll, like I'll say to you is if you don't let your kid fall, they don't realize the ground hurts. Right. You want to be that safety net, but I think that's more destructive than not being there at all Facts. because it gives them a false sense of hope and you're not going to always be able to be there at all. <laughs> no, at all. I, um, I'm, I, I just learned that with the youngest. Okay. Where you're like, well, I, I'm always, I, I'm doing anything for it. Put a coat on. I'm like, <laughs> and I had to stop. Like the director at the, at the school was like, yo, Mr. Harrison, like, can't, <laughs> no, like she going to kindergarten next year. You, right. you not, you're going to drop her off in the yard. Like the rest of this is her. So, um, and I, I, I'm that overbearing dad. Like I'm, my, my kids will tell you, they like, like he's a great dad. He loves us. He'll do anything for us. But damn that nigga. He is like, <laughs> like if anybody messes with us, like we, like when they get into stuff, somebody right. bother them, they'd be afraid to tell me. And I, that I don't like because mm. I get, I understand why, but I'm like, you, I need you, like, let me handle it because, but they just, they know I'm, I'm <laughs> right. Don't my kids, my mom, like right. they off limits. Right. Um, but yeah, like I remember my my oldest daughter. Uh, so my oldest daughter, she's actually she's grown now. She's nineteen, right? Um, but she dates she dates girls, and I was the first person she told. Right. So I remember when she called me. She called me. She was like sixteen. Like dad, like this is how I'm feeling. Da -da -da -da. Right. And I was just I, I never had a problem with it. Right. Um. And any dad out there would probably tell you if anything, it's probably easier for us. I don't. I don't. It, it really <laughs> is. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, this is because, like, I, you know, what I mean, I gotta, I gotta worry about you getting pregnant. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a so for her to call me and tell me that it was a good feeling. But I'm right. also on the other side of it, um, man or woman, they you can still get your heart broke by a man or a woman for sure. And you just like my job is just really just to be there when she call. Um, same thing with my sixteen seventy. Just be right. available. Um, but I have gotten a little better with like not being an overbearing dad, kinda. Um, it's tough. It, it's hard because <laughs> it, it has nothing to do with them. For me, right. it has to do we where we live at. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I grew up, I grew up in this house. I grew up in this neighborhood. Right. So I I know what's out there. Right. I have done a terrible job of letting my kids know what's out there. It's good and bad. Like mm-hmm. we shield them, we protect them. Right. But they don't know that like. That nigga over there, he will rob you. You get what I'm saying? Like, they right, don't know that. Right. They think, like, oh, that's just Mr. Whoever. Like, no, he would probably rob you or throw <laughs> right. you in the van. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. They not, they, they not, um, I don't know where they're not as aware. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. So, and with them all about to be in college and stuff, like, I man, I'd be stressed. I'd be in this joint. Like, <laughs> like, like, cause yeah, man. They, I got, it's all girls. So, right. you know, you're a girl dad too. So, I can only imagine, I, I prefer girls over boys, but I can only, I, I don't know. It's it's fifty fifty because these little teenage girl emotions. I ain't, I was telling. I was actually just talking to my aunt about this before I got here. I was like, "Listen, how come when they teach health class, they want to tell us about the STDs and pregnancy? No, tell me about these teenage girl emotions. I'm gonna have to deal with." Yep. 13 years from yep. that moment, I'm having unprotected sex. Right. Because that has scared me straight. Man. <laughs> they going to do what? Wait, yeah. what? Right. So then they get these little hormones. Nah. I'd have, that has scared me away from unprotected sex. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I, I had to. I learned those lessons. I, I learned like late in life about like women and emotions and when they get angry and how they react. Yeah, I learned all that in my 20s, man. I, I paid for so many tires and like, <laughs> like seriously like yeah and i mean i looking back on it most of it was my fault but it was right. like i wasn't nobody taught me anything i was raised right. by women right so they didn't they're not gonna tell me like oh yeah this is how we react they're gonna, right. they're gonna, they're gonna tell me how niggas ain't shit and right like that's, that's definitely it. so but um but yeah so what, what was your father like i know your parents are married like what right. was your father like growing up like i'm pretty sure obviously he was a good role model but what was he like so my dad what is was he like, like not was what is he like? <laughs> my dad Growing up, he was real. Both of my parents were actually really hard on me. Okay. So I didn't really understand it as a kid. Like, I didn't think about it. I just thought that's just the way life was. Right. But um, as an adult, my parents told me that my mother, her older brother, actually died really kind of young. Well, no, young. He died at like 28. Okay. And he had a weird dynamic. With his parents, my dad, his older brother, he died at probably about, I believe he was 38 when he died. Okay. And he was kind of baby. So mm-hmm. they both looked at their older brothers and saw their flaws and said that they didn't want that in me. So my dad was like really, he was real, he was rough on me. And they put a lot of responsibility on me at an early age. So okay. in like third grade, I was walking to go pick my sister up from daycare which might have been like a, a solid like mile and a half away. But uh, I might be exaggerating because I was in third grade. It might seem longer than what it actually was. But I want to say probably about a solid mile. Okay. But um, my dad would be like, hey, it's, it's, it might not have been like an everyday thing, but he, ex- he expected when he needed that to happen because he was a cop. So, I mean, if he gets an arrest, he's not coming straight home. Right. 
So, um, and at one point they were different rotating shifts. So okay. it was a lot more responsibility put on me. And I mean, I I just thought that's the way it was. But he was rough. Uh, my parents are both kind of like not really emotional. Yeah. So um, it wasn't too much like coddling or anything like that. It wasn't a lot of like, I love you. They had their ways of showing it where I know it was there, but it wasn't like a really emotional type mm-hmm. of household. So, and I mean, my dad on the weekends when my homies was out like playing sports and stuff like that, my grandmother owned four apartment buildings and after my grandfather died, it was all on my dad. So on Saturdays, I was lifting sheetrock and painting. Damn. And that's part of the reason why I don't know how to cook. Okay. I'm a, I'm a motherfucker with the air fryer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, air fryer is the, the, the greatest thing ever created. But I would come back from lifting sheetrock, putting hot water heater tanks in and stuff like that. And my mom like, all right, we going. No, I'm not. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm tired. I'm not I'm not learning how to fry chicken. That's just not gonna happen. Right. I don't got I don't got the patience for it right now. Right. But um definitely a great role model and um I've I've learned a lot from my dad, and it's weird because I don't think it's necessarily him like verbally teaching me these things, but just dealing with people. Okay. I could say that my dad has like a big heart for family, and looking at certain things that he went through, I could see like, yo, family ain't shit either. Like, <laughs> it's definitely some yeah. scenarios where I'm like, nah, my nigga, I wouldn't nah, I wouldn't Nah, that we'd have just been in here rumbling. But yeah, definitely, uh definitely shout out to Big Ant. Uh Are you a junior? Um, I'm a second. Second, okay. So the difference between second and junior is when it's second, that's normally when you come from royalty. Okay. So I'm a uh, second. I'm not a I'm not no, a junior. No, no, no problem. <laughs> I now see why I you, say Sir you, Anthony. You see do you see Charles, <laughs> King Charles? Junior? No, you see the second, right? The second. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you wow. <laughs> I actually put that on my name place at work too. It'd be yeah. like Sir Anthony. <laughs> I was when I was when I was on the show up there. I was like Sir Anthony. I was like this nigga asshole. <laughs> Yo, it was funny. They was making uh they was making name place at one of my last jobs, and the guy put Mister Anthony Rockmore. I was like. Did you ask me my pronouns? The dude was like, please stop playing. I'm not. <laughs> so I put like, I take like, sir over the mister. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild, man. That's definitely, um, that's, that's, that's dope. I, uh, like having your dad, you know, at least on a day to day, it sounded right. like he was, he was teaching you things without like directly teaching you. Right. Um, teaching you how to be a man, teaching you how to lead a household, um, yeah. teaching you how to be a, like, how to lead. Uh, right, because you watched, you saw what he was doing. He right. doing sheet rocking. He's a cop for one. Right, um, he out there risking his life, and then he's going home on weekends and y'all hanging up. I did my own sheet rock, and I could do it at my own pace. So having to do it on a time schedule and all yeah. that—that's a full time job. Yeah, that really is. So I mean, he would. So, along with him being a cop, he was also in the Army Reserves. Okay. So I used to love when he had to go to his <laughs> to the reserves the first of the month because I knew. That was the Saturday. I ain't had to wake up seven o'clock in the morning okay. to get ready to go lift sheetrock and do stuff like that all day. But um, it yeah, he definitely definitely taught me a lot. And um, just even with being a cop, some of the stuff that came with that, some of the social lessons and stuff like that. Like I I could tell you, my dad he worked in the 39th 
And he used to walk the beat and nice to him. Okay. To this day, if I talk to people that went to Gretz and be like, they be like, yo, Rockmore, you know, it's a Rockmore. That's my dad. Yo, that's my man. It's this and the third. So, yeah, definitely, definitely appreciated the fact that I had that to look up to. Right. And that's dope. I mean, because, I mean, nowadays, you know, cops in the community don't get along. So, to right. have a cop. And he one of your dad, but that people know and they can identify with. And, like, right. He was good to people. Right. You know, which means they felt comfortable coming to him. And, right. Because uh, that's how I remember policing when I was a kid. I remember, I'm 37. I remember like in the early 90s where like the cops, they knew my parents. They was walking around like right. they knew them. Right. And now you see a cop, you, I'm I'm closing the door because they, they probably <laughs> coming to ask some questions. Right. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I ain't got the answers. Like, I don't. <laughs> right. Um, as far as the military, like, what was that like? And um, was, was your dad a reason that you joined? Like, what was your reason for joining? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. My mom was actually in the army too. Yeah, yeah. My mom was in the did, army. Did they meet in the army? It's like yes and no. They okay. didn't meet from like being in the same unit. They had like a mutual friend. And um, at the time, I believe my mom was in the National Guard and my dad was in the Army Reserves. Okay. So they ended up having like some kind of some kind of interaction where everybody just happened to be there. So it's like not because they're in the Army, but also because they're in the Army. Right, That's right, how right. they okay. ended up meeting. But um, as far as military, I mean, joining the military, I joined because the nigga needed a job. Okay. <laughs> so when I went to college, I mean, since I was like seven years old, I wanted to be a lawyer. Okay. When that was around the time of the OJ case and just watching how Johnny Cochran was, it just made me want to be a lawyer. I get to college. I told you I had that one year that I flunked the entire year. Right. I came back the next year and I was on the dean's list. How about that? Good so shit. Being expe shit. almost expelled to being on the dean's list. Okay. So also, I still had that black eye on my transcript. Okay. So I get to my senior year. And they call it your capstone. So it's what you need to graduate from college. So I'm taking this class. And a lady sat on a board at Temple that admitted people in the Temple Law. So she was like, hey, let me ask you a question. Y'all all political science majors. I know y'all not trying to get into politics. Y'all all want to be lawyers, right? So right. y'all like, yeah. She's like, I'm going to be completely honest. I looked at all y'all transcripts before y'all got here. There's only one person in this class that's getting into law school right off the bat. The rest of y'all need to rethink what y'all want to do for a career because it's not going to be that right now. What the fuck? I really appreciated that because that changed. Uh, it, it led to like changing the course of career path that I wanted to go down. So I told, I mean, after she said that, it was just like, we all kind of looking at her like, well, bitch. <laughs> Shit, that's what I'm looking at. I'm but I mean... And it's funny because people always receive this story and look at like the negative, but I was like, honestly, that was that was the true hard truth that we all needed. Okay. Because I mean, the one person that she said was going to get into law school before the semester was over, he got into Temple Law. Damn. And I think it might have been like three other people in the class. They didn't. Damn. And she was like, it's not to discourage y'all. She was like, the average person doesn't leave undergrad and go right into law school. She was like, the average age of law school students is like 30 30 between 30 and 35 God damn. and i was like i can't imagine going back to school at that point right. but what it did what is, is it made me look down other avenues okay. so i know that i want to well i can't say that here i wanted to do a certain thing and i know <laughs> that the only way it was going to happen 
is I I either had to become a police officer or I had to join the the army. So okay. I took the test to be I tried every way not to have to go to the military. I took the I filled out to be a state trooper. I filled out to be a probation officer. I filled out to be a parole officer. I scored low on a parole officer test for the state. For probation, the city got like a weird system where it doesn't necessarily go off of your grade. They just throw you into like a pool. And I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. I'm like number 60. And y'all only admitting like 20 people this year. What? So we had that. And then um, actually the day that I left for basic training, I got my letter in the mail that said, we're inviting you to take the test to be a state trooper. Wow. <laughs> but um, I went and I was like, you know what? If that's what I want to do, the easiest route would probably be to join the military. So okay. I basically joined the military. It was never a lifelong, it was never a lifelong career thing for me. Okay. I was like, I'm gonna go in. I signed up for three and a half years. I've said I'm gonna do that, and then I'm gonna leave. I did that. Left, and you still have a mandatory eight years that they require you. Yeah. So after, or that they can call you back. Right. So after I did my three and a half with. The Army um, active duty, I did another, like, four and a half with the National Guard. Okay. So, that was my military career. Damn. Where, where was you, you been, like, stationed in-state or I mean, in the country or you had to go, like, overseas or anything? Actually, my first duty station was Japan. I was about an hour outside of Tokyo. Damn. I was there for two years. And then, um, yeah, <laughs> I was there for two years. Then I came back stateside and I got stationed at uh, Fort Meade, which is right outside of Baltimore. I was there for about a year. Then I left um, active duty and I just stayed in the DMV area. I about to say I was gonna, I was wondering like how you ended up in Virginia because yeah. I know you from up here. So so I yeah, I just stayed in the area. Most of the jobs that I've done have been in Virginia. So. Um, I, I feel like Maryland, I used to think that New Jersey was the asshole of the U.S., and then I moved to Maryland. Maryland fucking sucks. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, Maryland. If you're from Maryland, I feel sorry for you. This is not a... I love Baltimore. Baltimore is a is a fun time, but Maryland as a whole, that shit sucks. I, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I, um, so, I, I, I like Maryland. Maryland's actually one of the places that I was like looking into moving. Baltimore, when I go to Baltimore, though, I feel like... Like, I feel like here, but it, it don't... It's Philly little cousin. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> I don't know them niggas. <laughs> like, it's like... So, what you're saying is when you go to Baltimore, you don't know what to do. No, no. What I'm saying is, like... When you go to Baltimore, it's your favorite color blue. It's my favorite color blue? The accent. Oh, do, oh. You do. Do. Yeah, see? <laughs> see? Yeah, I got... I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. But, yeah, like, I, I don't... I, I treat it like... like Going into a neighborhood up here that I ain't never been to. I'm not going to no corner For sure. stores, no chop. Like you know what I'm saying? For sure. Because it you you can see the stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> but but I don't like on the outskirts like Aberdeen and stuff like that. Okay. It's um because my best friend he he lives a little bit outside of Aberdeen. Okay. Um, it's real. It's like it's nice out there. It's quiet. It's yeah. peaceful. You know what I mean? But I mean, any area like that in any state is gonna be peaceful. Yeah, I'm, that's really not the the life. I, <laughs> that's not the life for me. I. I I'm a city kid, and I I'm just used to city type of environment. So I live in Alexandria, Virginia, okay. which is about a solid ten minutes away from DC. Okay, and it's a suburb, but it's 
I would say where I live would be the equivalent of probably probably living in like old city uh, as far as the atmosphere. So it's not like it's not completely suburban in that sense, but it's it's moving and shaking going on. But it's not like it's not like a, a suburb where it's like I'm living out Bucks County somewhere. I'm dying to get out the city. Like I, I, <laughs> every time, every time I visit somewhere, I was just in Cleveland, um, in a. The, a little town outside of Cleveland called Painesville. Okay. Every time I leave Philly, it just seemed like everyone is so nice. Everyone is so <laughs> quiet. It's peaceful. The Citizens app is not going off. <laughs> and then I come back home. Like, literally, when I flew back from the wedding, I got off the plane. Like, as I'm walking onto the jetway, my, I turn my airplane mode off and my phone cut on. And it, the first notification is like, Citizens app. Somebody shot <laughs> right. twelve hundred block of Hunting Park. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like this is insane. I've been going four days and this joint didn't go off. So, right. yeah, I'm. I mean, I love my city. I'm glad that I'm from here and I was born here. But I am not like this is not retirement. This is not where I'm. No, hopefully, my smaller kids will not go to schools in the city. Like that is right. my goal, dream. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like living, that's the one thing I love about living in Alexandria because like when I finished my podcast on Thursday, Mm -hmm. um, I was doing a favor for one of my friends. Her son was in Southeast DC, so I picked him up. But um, I got in my car and I want to say I left at like 8.50. I was back here by 11. Okay, damn. So whenever I want to come and go, I can. So it's... It'll be some weekends where wait, I'll wait, be wait. down there. You drove up here? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You drove up here and back? In, in well, no, hours? no, no. I drove up here okay. and I got here at, at 11. 11. Oh, that's damn. Two hours? Yeah. For real? Yeah. Damn. But that's the thing that's good about it. I'm close enough that when I when I miss the city, I can come back. Like I, okay. I usually come back every other weekend, but right. it's been some weekends where I'm like, man, I ain't doing nothing down here. I'm going to just go home. And I had that option. Right. So it makes, it makes me miss it, but... It's far enough where I, I I don't have to be here, <laughs> but but when I miss it, I could come back whenever I want. Yeah, like I think, like I guess it's love hate. Like I always come back to visit. Right. I'm always come back to visit, but once I'm gone, like I'm gone. I'm pretty sure, what, like when I initially leave, it's gonna be like six months. Right. But then after that, like I'll always come back to visit. Um, cause like you said, it's home. It's gonna right. always be home. Right. But yeah, no, it's, Philly is Philly's fucking nuts. So, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um. How do you feel about, like, the state of men's mental health? And, like, what do you think is contributing to the struggles that, like, we as men encounter? Um, I feel like the state of mental health for men... I feel like in the black community in general, there's been, like, a recent surge of thinking about the importance of mental health because it just wasn't there. And I, I think this is one knock that I have on my father... He was always he's always been like kind of like a cold blooded person and I like inherited that. Okay. So um I know there's been a lot of compartmentalizing my feelings and then they come out in weird ways. I've realized with myself I don't properly know how to I don't properly know how to deal with grief. Okay. And I also it's weird, but I don't properly process when my feelings are getting hurt. Okay. So I've realized uh, that in, in situations like I had a situation with a with a shorty, and 
I was talking to uh, my friend Nikki that I was doing a show with on Thursday. Okay. And she was like, she hurt your feelings. And I'm like, nah, she ain't hurt my feelings. Uh, I'm a real nigga. <laughs> so she was like, eh, your feelings are hurt. You're expressing this because you don't properly know how to express that. And I was just like, damn. <laughs> right. But I feel like had this been like maybe 10 years ago, I'd have probably argued her damn about that. Yeah. <laughs> You're in a much man, more mature space. Yeah, like, yeah. man. But I think I like the the emphasis that's being put on mental health for, for black people in general because, I mean, we have years of trauma. Yeah. A lot of past trauma that's been unaddressed. And it's finally at a point where we not looked at as, as um, crazy for addressing our mental, mental health issues. And... It's just a, a great awareness with it right now. And I I definitely think it's dope to continue down that path. And people, if you if you need it, go go for the uh, go for the therapy. I tell people all the time, um, like I'm I'm actively looking for a therapist. I Actually, I <laughs> it's funny you say that because my homie sent me the number earlier for you. There we go. <laughs> there we go. You I think it's really like you gotta you gotta address that shit because um, I think it can affect, like like you said, like how you interacting with people. I got kids. Right. If I'm going through some shit that I'm not dealing with, I could have a bad reaction to them. And they're yeah. kids. They don't, yeah. like, you know, that's not fair to them. And right. then they're getting yelled at or screamed at for something. They didn't, they could be, my daughter could drop something on the floor. Huh, what the, you know what I mean? Because right. I'm overwhelmed instead of addressing it properly. Um, and back to the thing you say, my grief. It's funny you should say that. So I remember as a kid, like, I was always at funerals. Um, funerals are always like really scary to me and then with somebody that I like cared about not saying that I didn't care about the other people like <laughs> right. you, some when people you, are I mean, closer you, than others yeah, when you're six it's hard to like be sad about your great great aunt to pass <laughs> right I didn't really know her like yeah, that right. but I remember like as a kid I probably been to like 30 funerals and um, the only funeral I ever cried at was my best friend when his mom died and I remember like I was fighting back then like, I was fighting it because again in the black community you're taught you gotta be strong and this is I'm probably like 11 or 12 by then. You're taught as a male, you gotta right. be strong, you gotta lead, you got, you know what I mean? You gotta right. be her. And that's really what I wasn't thinking about the fact that I was really, I didn't know what releasing an emotion was. Right. So, like, I, when it comes to grief, just as an adult, I just start understanding, like, you know, it's okay to cry about somebody dying, it's okay to be sad. Um, you gotta release that because when anything you keep in, like, uh, Jay Z, what you, what you, what is it? What you reveal, you heal. Right. You gotta let that shit out so that you can be done with it and move on from Man, it. Man, so. I tell you, it's um, the pandemic was probably the first time I had cried since I was like fourteen and my grandmother died. Okay, and even when I was fourteen, it was like a short joint, like a. I'm in my room by myself. Like a couple, <laughs> no bullshit. This is really how it went. Like two tears fell down. I was like, all right, this shit is weird. Like, <laughs> but no, I was sitting there in a car, and my my oldest aunt had died from COVID. Oh, One of my cousins man. that was in jail had died from COVID, and I mean, he wasn't that far removed from coming home. Like, yeah, um, I had a homie that was killed. And it was just like one day I was sitting in a car, and it was just like, damn, man, this is a lot. And I'm Jones just started flowing. I was sitting there, yeah. man. I was like, I hope nobody walking past because I don't <laughs> look like a bitch right now. 
But dog, after I got out the car, I felt so like rejuvenated, like a burden was was lifted right. off my back. And I was I <laughs> I made a post on Facebook one time, and I this this actually made me want to fight my pop, but I know the nigga is crazy, so I was never trying. <laughs> but uh, I was like, damn, why why people don't. I was like, we gotta stop telling black boys that they they can't cry because certain shit hurt, and you yeah. should be able to release that emotion. And then people was like, yeah, I try to tell my kids they can cry. They can. I, other people was like, nah, I'm not. It ain't really for me. I'm looking. I'm like twenty comments down. I seen that my dad commented. I said, no, nah, I gotta see what he said. He said, yeah, because I've always cried in the dirt. Nigga, what? Right, right. <laughs> you telling me I can't cry the whole time? You crying in the shower and right. shit. Right, <laughs> in the shower. Yeah, like. But yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so there's anybody out there. Um, I got a friend, my friend Shakira. I talked to her. Uh, we, we DM a lot. I, actually, I know her like from social media and now we're really good friends. Um, she actually is like a super big advocate uh, for therapy. She just started therapy a couple months back. We talk about it a lot. Okay. Um, and just like she has a podcast and listen to her actually listening to her podcast when she first started going to therapy was what made me like really because she had told me before like she you'll be in a therapy and I was like oh I did it like 10 years ago but you know it was something I didn't stick to right but like seeing the progress that she's having right. like really made me like yo Ryan you need to go sit your ass down right and talk to somebody just because even if it's small stuff but it's just there's things there that I, I know like just as a man I have to address that's going to make me a better person a better okay. father um, there's no way I, like one day I'll be a good husband you know what I'm saying right. all that stuff you gotta address that stuff cause there's just there's, like you said there's a lot of shit that's um that's there just period like passed down definitely Um, what would be advice you would have to your younger self yo leave that bitch alone <laughs> she not for you she not for Same. you sight no <laughs> I'm with you I'm with but, you <laughs> but no uh <laughs> Advice that I would have to my younger self, just stay dedicated. Uh, it's, it's, I actually had this conversation also, like I said earlier with my daughter, like it's, life is going to be complicated. It's going to be some stuff that's going to come at you, but just keep doing what you're doing. I don't really have like some, if I would have went back and be like, yo, do this, your life would turn out differently because everything... That happened, I feel like, happened for the reason it was supposed to. But I would just say, it's a, it's a light at the end of that tunnel when it get dark. I think that would probably be another thing I would say. Because no, you know, when you're younger, you know, you always feel like it's the end of the world. <laughs> when, yeah, yeah when, when, stuff, when stuff go wrong, yeah, when you were like, I would say, up until I was like 19, when stuff would go wrong, I, it, it definitely felt like... Shit, you better than me. <laughs> up until like 25, man. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Something didn't go my way. It's just like, like I didn't know that, like what's the other option. Like, I, right. like that's, that was supposed to be the way. And right. when it didn't work out, it was like, what like what do I... Like, you know, I'm scrambling. <laughs> right. Like, what do I do? But but yeah, definitely leave that, leave that, leave that chick alone. <laughs> um, um, For sure. Uh. Uh, if I'm gonna ask, I say three. What who are three people you look up to, or three of your heroes? If you got three, Anthony Rockmore, <laughs> Ant Money, Ant Rockmore. <laughs> but no, uh, three people like uh, in general, or it could be in general. It could be fam- pe- it could be people like it could be celebrities. It could be anybody. This is you. This one I really haven't thought of. 
Uh, I could say one of the somebody that I looked up to, and it started regardless of how I grew up learning about him. I looked up to him a lot more as an adult. Michael X. Okay. When I read the autobiography of Michael X, it was I don't really like reading. Right. And it's ironic because I read for a living, but I'm really not in the reading for leisure. It's just not something that I find really enjoyable. Okay. So. When I read the autobiography of Malcolm X, what I really liked about it is when he became an adult, the hatred that he preached for white people after he took the pilgrimage to Mecca to sit there and have to walk all that stuff back yeah. and say like, damn, I was wrong. They not they not bad. It's bad and everybody is, it's just not white people that are evil. Right. I really respected that because he stood hard on talking about white people and to be able to come back and uh, and apologize for that at the end of this book that was like that was powerful to me that's some grown man shit yeah because i mean you know you when you on a certain hill you gotta die on that joint you can't can't walk back a lot of stuff like that but i i really respected that um another person i would say i would say my pop okay looking at him i respect the fact that I know he was so he's from Southwest, but most of his time was really spent like there on the bottom. Okay. And there was a lot of ways where he could have went wrong, but for him to have a dedication to even in the environments he lived in to keep the straight and narrow when I mean not just the environment but the the people that he grew up around. I remember him telling me a story about how one of my cousins took him to the to the drive through. Uh, Butler, Ethan Butler back in the day and he was like my cousin was grabbing stuff and he could have easily jumped into the game mm. but the fact that he took the straight and narrow I, I really respect it and I admire it and it was it was a great it was a great example to have okay so third person hmm who could I say uh, I think I I only got two off in. I can't think okay. of a third person right now. All right. Um, someone I want to talk about. I want to get into is this Kiki Palmer and um the dude. I I think he he's from here, Darius. Well, well, well. Uh, they, they, I don't know. Damn, they said he's from here, but they say he's from like Spring Garden. I don't really count his name. They say he's from like Spring Garden, like Society Hill. His house is on Spring Garden. <laughs> I wouldn't say like Society <laughs> Hill. Oh, hey? uh, either way, he got us looking bad. Um, if I don't know if anybody, if y'all not keeping up with uh, this weekend, it came out that uh, she filed for sole custody of their son. Um, she got proof and video of him basically, I guess, physically assaulting her and stuff yeah, like that. <laughs> um, Ant's actually seen the video. I haven't seen the video. I, yet. Well, I seen pictures. It, one of those. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a sucker for them little gossip sites <laughs> on uh, on social media. So the shade room, the neighborhood, Jasmine brand. I get all the notifications. Okay. So. I just happened to be scrolling and I looked and I saw like freeze frame shots of him putting her hand, his hands on her and it's like undisputable evidence. I mean, hands cocked back and her in positions where he's like holding her like this. And this is it, when I saw it, it was just like, damn, he really did that. I, I'm not a. I've never been in any type of domestic situations, but I really, I really don't like domestic stuff between. 
I don't like domestics in relationships, no matter the dynamic. Right. But it, I mean, it looked bad. I think, um, well, like we were talking earlier, he definitely it's some self esteem stuff going on. He's insecure. Uh, this ain't really just about Usher. It's funny to say that, right? But it's not. This was going on before Usher. Yeah. Um, I think uh, he really just got used to her being in the house. Yeah. And being a mom, and forgot like who she was, and because she don't like, I don't know her, but which I'm gonna go off what I see. She not. She don't strike me as like the normal celebrity female who. Like she like would go after Usher, or she's like looking like she really just to me she just seemed like she a regular person who's successful at what she does, right? Um, hence why she's dealing with him. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I I, from, I don't even know what the man do. Like I don't know what you know what I'm saying. Like he's I don't. A, from what I understand, <laughs> he's like a struggling, aspiring actor. I haven't seen him on nothing, I, if, and. Um, yeah, he ain't, if he ain't on, I mean, it's corny shows out there you can get on. If he ain't on nothing, like I said, that nigga she, ain't even on a Tubi movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> so she, she obviously she was in it because she wanted to be in it, right? But um, but yeah, obviously we don't condone you know violence nah, and, definitely and it, not. from both sides. Like, yeah. Um, I've experienced it. You know, I've I know women can be crazy, but um, but this is clearly like this is clearly him. Um, and I, I definitely think he's going to jail. I think he's absolutely. I mean, I. I if you don't if go to jail because she chooses I not to, I haven't seen. I have, and I certain videos like I'm. I'm good for watching a good good fight video. Two dudes going fisted cuffs with each other, <laughs> but I'm never like when I heard that there's video of him doing it. I wouldn't be able to watch that. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. And that's insane but, considering he got a son. Like even though he's a baby, but like I mean, no screenshots. I wouldn't want to watch the full motion video behind those right. screenshots that I saw. Right. And for this to be, I, I I know I saw um like on Twitter now he's like he's pretend I, I don't want to say pretending but he's putting out there like I miss my son da da da, da. I can see that I you know regardless you of regardless yeah. of what they got going on in their relationship I could see really missing your son no I mean nobody really when you're an active parent nobody really wants to be away from their child so um we talk about the active parent part so I also think that was part of it I think when she like went out for her birthday and stuff. Right. I think that was probably the first time he was ever with that baby by himself. You think? I think so. I, I, I like because the way he was acting, like she needed to get back home. Like oh, I felt like that was his first extended period of time. He just oh, like he was losing his fucking mind. He like it's you. been a week. You been gone. I'm changed. I done changed twelve diapers. You know what I'm saying? When she there, oh, he probably doing in increments. That that makes a lot of. You know sense. what I'm saying? He able to take his naps. He able to play the game. He able to do whatever he want. But now it's all on you. She don't strike me. I don't. Again, I don't know their situation, but I right. doubt they had like a nanny or anything. You know what I'm saying? They seem like yeah. very they regular, seem, yeah, people. So he probably, yeah, you gotta get back home. Like this yeah. is, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> going crazy over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, of course, again, like the look, Usher. That's a part of him reacting the way he did. But I, right. I that this other this shit been going on. Like this physical stuff. Dude, yeah. That has been happening. Nah, that, um, that it. I I didn't see it happening before. I just felt like he was just an insecure dude. But I could see most of the relationships that I've known that through like watching or like from a celebrity perspective or I don't know too many people that have been really involved in domestic issues. But the ones that I have heard, it was always some like insecurity in there that, that prompted it. It's always like my situation is uh, like I had I was in a relationship where a girl put her hands on me. It was 
um, controlling and insecurity. And like, I have a lot of female friends. Right. So it was just like, and like, no, these are really my friends. And right. it's just like, you go online, you see me posted up at a club or, or at a bar. Right. Or, but these are really my friends. But you got past trauma, again, that you right. ain't addressed. And you just assuming that I'm sleeping. Like, no, I'm really yeah. not. You know what I'm saying? Right. And yeah, but anybody that's out there in them Demexa Jones, you get the fuck out of them. Because yeah, man or woman, because 90% of the time the man loses because you can, she can hit you 12 times and you hit her once. And all they going to remember is that you yeah. hit her once. Whether you're Definitely. defending yourself or not. Um, I'm not saying allow nobody to beat on you, but what I'm saying is like you you got to be smart. Um, you you want to keep your freedom. Definitely. You know? And also um, people that people that have kids, when the kids are around that type of stuff, kids grow up thinking that type of stuff is normal. Yeah. And they feed off of that, that energy. So if For you're sure. in a domestic, definitely get yourself out. There's is ways to get yourself out of those situations. Yeah, run. Yeah, <laughs> run. Fucking run. And, um, and, definitely. And, and Kiki Palmer, if you know, if you happen to be looking for, you know, a real Philly brother, I'm a father of five. <laughs> uh I'll, I'm I'm open to being a stepdad, you know. I don't have no problem with you, you know, going out and living your life and enjoying yourself, you know. So, you know, when you after you done healing or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> slide on in my DMs. Since we here, knee along. <laughs> you didn't open my my message I sent you. Did you watch that, did you watch that interview with her and Jeezy? No, I'm. That's definitely on the docket yeah. for me to watch next week. Yeah, I ain't watched it yet. I saw clips. Um, but oh yeah, Jeezy said real niggas don't cheat. So it's going on a t-shirt. Black men don't cheat at all. So at at all. So do you realize, brother, when they say black men don't cheat, it's not only saying we don't cheat, but it's calling to the brothers that do cheat and telling them not yeah, to cheat. Yeah, telling it. them not to cheat. See, women think that mean like we taking up for the people that do cheat. They no, that nah. means like no black don't cheat, yeah, brother. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. Just don't brother. cheat. But you don't know, cheat. also women don't want us to we can't have nothing of our own. No. No female friends, no... They they always want to rain on our parade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else I got for you? So, uh, when it comes to, like, relationships, do you think... Because this has been, like, a, a debate over the last... Like, actually, throughout the summer. Should women bring anything to the relationship or table, so to speak? And if so, what? That's an interesting question because I don't really... can. I kind of have a habit of taking women where they are... I have hard things that uh, pulse. I have <laughs> some things that are definite. So you always have to be working. Right. Coming into the situation, you always got to be working. That's a hard, a hard line that I'm not. I'm not dealing with now. I have dealt with people that have lost their job in the midst of us dealing with each other, and that's that's understandable. But outside of that, I'm. I'm not really a person that that has so many things that I'm looking for a woman to bring to the table because expecting emotion, I mean, mental maturity, emotional maturity, rather, it seems like they be lacking a lot in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah, I, I, I feel that it like next to doesn't exist at all with women. And I well, think- I won't say that. I'll say the women that I'm coming across. Right. I would say, so when you hear like someone bringing something to the table, 
uh, women immediately think financials. Um, we're gonna get into that too. They are, you know, because I've I've talked to women about that, and they immediately right. go to, "I'm not going fifty fifty with nobody," and we're we gonna get to that too. But it doesn't Just necessarily 100% mean to yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's not. We're not really talking money because um, bring coming to the table means like like me for instance. Uh, we both we're dads, so right. the ability to um, lead other children, if, you know, if you don't have kids, to be a, right to be because if you step into that situation, at some point you're gonna be. Um, looked up to, looked at, or a role model to my kids. Right. You know what I mean? How at some point the thing, the way you carry yourself, um, they're gonna pick up certain traits from you. So, but definitely a job. Uh, yeah. Definitely, like I, I really, I don't, I'm not people that smoke cigarettes. I, that's that's kind of like a deal breaker <laughs> for me. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things you can't do drugs. You can't. It's just. So you ain't mess with a weed smoker. The weed smokers is cool. Okay. I can, I can deal with a weed smoker because, um, most weed smokers can control it. It's not like. Okay. You had now you do have people that are like out here like itching, like right. You know what I mean, <laughs> right. And yeah, stay the hell away from me. But like, I, I could deal with a weed smoker much easier than I could deal with a cigarette because the cigarettes stink. Like they right. stink. Um, they lead to cancer. Like I could lose you because of it. Like it's just right. I'm really like looking at a lot of stuff. Okay. But um, when it comes to the fifty fifty part of it, where they talk like money and stuff, I I also. Like so, when women say that. I'm like, so you when I hear women say like, I'm not going fifty fifty with a man. Um, two things. One, they gotta understand this is not the '60s. This is right. not the '50s. In the '50s and '60s, because they want to say traditional. The reason it was traditional was because women didn't have any rights. They couldn't go out and work the jobs that we worked. Right. Y'all asses was at home cooking, cleaning, um, getting the mail out the mailbox. Yeah. And like that was your job. Right. Also, bread was twenty five cents. <laughs> um, there's a lot that goes into that. Like. And now in 2023, in the black community, black women out earn black men. That's that, that's statistic. that's a that's a real thing, right? Um, and that's not that's not the black woman's problem or anything like that. But that's a fact. So when you're talking about like, oh yeah, my man has to make this or he has to have this, because women are always talking material and money. Well, not all, not all, because I won't get attacked. Right. The majority of women are always talking about money and material that a man has to bring to the table. Right. And like my argument is just like it's not realistic because that's like me saying I'm 37. I'm only going to I only going to I need to find a 37 year old woman and she can't have no kids. Be like that's not realistic. Right. It's possible, but it's not realistic. Right. It's possible for you to find a man making six figures or half a million dollars a year, but it's not realistic. And I just think we got to have more realistic expectations. So my issue with the women that say that a man should be paying for everything is, let's just say, um, we both going to work every day. We making a about the same amount. You can make a little bit more. You can make a little bit less. I don't think it takes away from the scenario I'm setting up. If I'm paying all the bills, what is your money going towards? Exactly. It's going to their bank account. So we leave and you just taking all that? They nah, buying bags and shit. Nah. And I, I mean, I've honestly woke up. I mean, I honestly grew up in an environment where my parents went 50-50. And my mother at one point earned more than my father. Okay. And she earned more than him from some for some years. It didn't change the dynamic or anything. Right. So he was paying the mortgage and whatever bills he was paying. My mom was paying whatever she was paying. I remember they had like a joint account and then they had everything else was just like separate. Whatever they was doing was what they was doing, but they were equally carrying the weight for what they made. And how, how old are your parents? Uh, I think my mom 
is 59. My dad is 58. Okay, so um, that's crazy. My mom about to be 70. But um, we're the same age. <laughs> right. Uh, so the, another big difference between back then and now, when your mom and dad met each other, they took an interest in each other because they liked each other. Right. I feel like now, all of, not everyone, but most of us, like we are actually looking at like what the person has. Like obviously, you eat with your eyes, but you're right. you're looking at like, oh, what does she do? What does she make? He's what does he do? What does he make? Right. What kind of car does he drive? Stuff like that. As opposed to like, I like this motherfucker. I want to get to know them, and then loving somebody from there. As opposed, because I've seen, I know mm. people. I've I know women. I don't know what no man has ever done this, but I know a lot of women that has been with men, and like when they lost what they had, their interest went with it. Now he is. Oh wow! Now he now he's now he musty. Now he's a bum. <laughs> now he's not a good dad. Now right. he's now he's not a good lover. And it's like, well, when this motherfucker, yeah, had, you seen it? Yeah, like that didn't just you know come about. So wow. like how? And then I I know somebody. I ain't gonna say their name, but they they listen. They gonna know who I'm talking about. Um, that was with somebody and he lost everything and he left him alone and he got all that shit back and oh. they regretted it and. And I had, that's you know, me being crazy. a good friend I am, I was like, like, that's your fault because Damn. men, we like, so men, we date down. Men date down. Women right. date up. Right. I can go, I can go and take the girl from across at the KFC cashier or whatever. I right. can take her out to dinner and do whatever. But if I'm at the, I remember when I was, uh, so I come from that world. I was right. a general manager at KFC as a general, making great money. Right. Most time making more money than um, the people I was dating. Right. But the idea that I'm a general manager in fast food, they it would always be like frowned upon. And I'd be like, and I'd be looking at them like, but you love with your parents. But like, <laughs> what are you, like, you know what I mean? I, I, I got right. my own everything. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, got, I got money in the bank. Not being Arab, but like, Yes, I'm. My house is warm. Like whatever, you know? right? And like you are trying to figure out how. Like every time I see you, your, your tank is like the light is. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Right. Man, we we can date down, and I just I think it, like the minute we start dating up, um, like of course we going you know they're gonna kill us for it, right? But women women don't date down. You very seldomly see a woman like oh yeah I did, I'm a executive here and he. Works at Foot Locker. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You never really see that. You really never see that. Um, I, I know. I, I can. I can say. I think that. With that being said, I think there's a lot of men that can't handle uh, dating up. I think some. I think you had to be a real secure man to be able to do that. Which, listen, any woman out there that uh, <laughs> looking to date down, <laughs> I'm not down bad, but. Uh, Listen, I don't have no problem dating. Up. I'm done dating down. <laughs> I'm sick of uh, yeah. I listen. I mean, obviously, I want somebody that's gonna love me and be there for me. This, this, and that. But Lord, please, please stop sending me people that got financial problems. Man, and, I definitely, like, I definitely need to do a better job with with dating. I'm not even gonna sit. I told one of my friends, um, I could be a prisoner of my own misery. <laughs> it'd be okay. certain, it's it's situations I put myself in, knowing like, yo, this is not gonna work out. Why are you even? Playing like oh yeah, this. for sure. But for sure, that's a me problem. I prompted that on myself. I can't blame somebody for that. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm done dating down. Um, we got to be on the same like, and it's 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 a lot. And when I say the same level, it's mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Like there, it's a lot that goes into that. But right. I'm, I'm definitely I can't. And I mean, I I'm not rich or nothing like that. But I I just can't date anybody that's like 
Yeah, I, I, I'm. My second question is going to be like, what's your credit score? It just has to be. Oh, no, seriously. Shit. Like, what? Or, or you ain't got to tell me, but is it in the sevens? Like, because I need to know. Like, because if 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 you're in the fours or fives, like, I I've been there before, so I right. know how much time it takes to get out of that. No, yeah. I know I know where I want to be in three years. Yeah, that don't line up. You That's know what I'm saying. So That's like, fair. you know what I mean? Because because women do that to us. Women, if you let you be at the table, oh yeah, I got a four fifty credit score. She gonna be like. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, like, crazy. you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's just I, I don't know. Again, women they can they can they date they date up. They don't date down. Um, uh, men, as men, we also we gotta be financially stable to attract women. Definitely, definitely. You can't be um, broke. <laughs> no, you definitely can't be broken. Honestly, if you broke, I don't even think you should be in the in the game. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, I don't think you should be in the game as a broke person. But if women are broke, they can be in the game. I know women right ah, now. Definitely. I know women right. Oh my gosh! Please, nobody come for me. Like I know I got friends, like really good friends right now that are experiencing like financial difficulties. But, right. Um. I they are actively dating, and I my advice to them is always to like you need to focus on the other thing. Definitely. But women can do that. Why? Because you know why? Because what happens when a woman dates and she finds a man, gets a man to be interested in her. What does he do? He starts to take care of her. Yeah. And for some, not all, not my friends. My friends right. don't like that. But for some women, that's their way out of their situation. Damn, that's a wild Yeah. Life. You know what? That reminds me of something that my dad taught me as a as a kid. I remember, it's funny because the talks when I would get in trouble would be like, really, my dad is very pessimistic. So his okay. talks would always be like the extreme worst of the situation. <laughs> so I remember I got... I got suspended in like the fifth grade and he was just like, so when I tell you like the punishments were asinine, I was lifting sheetrock and all of a sudden the nigga didn't know where the screws was that he oh, needed to screw. So they like, oh, oh, hold on. I'll be right back. Let me go in the other room. Meanwhile, my arm's going into muscle failure. I'm holding it Yo. up with my neck. Then he come in. Oh, forgot the drill in the other room. Nigga, I'm about to cry. No, that shit ain't no joke. <laughs> no, I, I did ceilings as a grown man. And <laughs> no. Right. So I remember he was having to talk with me. He was like, nigga, what you going to do with your life? I'm like, nigga, I'm in a fifth grade. What you mean? I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, gym tomorrow. But, <laughs> right. But he was like, yo, um, you know, as a man, you got to you gotta make something of yourself. Yeah. Because... Your sister's always going to be taken care of. He say whether it be me or another man, they always going to be taken care of you. Nigga, you got to figure it out because you can't come the fuck back here. Right. <laughs> you, you got one go around with this. You can't come here, come back here as an adult to live here. So you got to figure it out. You always got to you always got to be something. Have something coming in. And that was one we was talking about the pandemic earlier. That was one thing that did help me through the pandemic. Um somebody started paying me to do like home remodeling stuff for them. And it was like a hundred dollars a day, but it, it worked for me at that time. It's a lot of money in that shit. Yeah. When, yeah. when I, I was posting, like I did floors and shit. People sent me up like, you do floors. I was like, no, I just, I just did my own. They like, I'm looking for my do floors. You know, what do you charge? And I was like, Oh, ding, ding, ding. Damn, I'll come doing. This is you. I, all this is me. Damn. I got, I'm going to show you the before. It used to be, so it used to be a wall here. This was never the kitchen. 
The oh, kit, this is North Philly house, so you know we had the right. little ass kitchen in the back. Right. My grandma's making the she making right. Thanksgiving feast back there. The space is probably like the space we got right here. Right. Between this table and this. Yeah. Damn. I that's, knocked all that's this impressive. shit impressive. Yeah, bro. It's by uh, YouTube University. Um, yeah. I have, now now to be honest, I did to be, to be fair. I, I took carpentry in high school, so okay, certified okay, so you had some kind of idea. Yeah. But I had to learn like I had to learn floors, I had to learn plumbing, I had to learn electric. Um, a buddy of mine came and ran some lines for me, but through him, watch him, I learned how to do it. So now I don't even need him. I can run it on my own. Um, I've ran my own gas line like it, that. Damn. It's yeah, YouTube will teach you everything. You just got to be patient, right? And, and do the shit. But yeah, but you can make. Yeah, I, like I would, people would call me, I think during the pandemic, I did floors. I would do floors like once every two months, but I can charge for three rooms, I could charge like 1500 You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I come and knock it out in a day and a half. Right. And for me, and for what I need in my life, that's more than enough. I'm, right. I'm fine. Right. So, bro, yeah, like I, next pandemic, I, I, I'm look, I can't <laughs> wait. I, I can't wait. <laughs> it is. It, it is. Um, I skip anything. Uh, what What do you yourself look for in a woman when you dating? Uh, it's weird because I kind of look at the woman. For one, I look for personality. Uh, okay. I mean, not that I take a like I'm looking to mess with somebody ugly, but right, right, right. Like I mean, it looks. I feel like naturally is the first is the first thing. But I look for personality, <laughs> and from there, I kind of look at things that I. I start to look for things that I don't want to deal with. Okay. So if I see the emotional instability, mm-hmm. all right, um, this is probably not going to work. Um, mindset is important to me because I feel like I'm I'm never content. Okay. I might have phases where it's like I'm okay right now, right? But I'm never content with the way things are going. I always I'm always trying to figure out the next step. Okay. So. Also, what is that person looking for? Because I've I've met people that haven't been where they feel like they should be. Okay. But if you're not where you want to be and you're actively working towards getting there, I respect that. I can right. I could deal with that, but I can't deal with a, a person with a bum mentality. Right. You complain about every day, but you ain't putting no action right. on it. Yeah. Right. So I mean, those are those are the things that I would I say when I'm looking at women, I look for the things that I'm not going to like more so than they have to have this. Right, I dated somebody like that before. Um, that would like wake up every day and complain about how she. Um, it was kind of during the pandemic, and she didn't have money and stuff like that. Or was about, you know whatever stuff was going on. But I, me, I'm a problem naturally as a man. I'm a problem solver. I'll be like, same, I'm like, you got same. a car, you could do Grubhub, you could do Uber. like. There's options out there. Your job not paying you enough, but you got all this free time. You just sitting around at home. Yo, that's real um, shit. Because I'm, I'm very much. Uh, I'm very much supportive, you know, whoever I date, but I'm not no bank. So right. you got to, like, in order for me to do for you, you got to do for yourself. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just because you want to sit on your ass five days a week. Okay. You could do that. That's hurting you. Right. But now, if you actively doing something and you need help, absolutely, I'm going to help you. Right. But don't think you just going to sit around. But yeah, she would complain about, oh, my job is slow right now. We're not making enough money. And I would just be like, but you got these other four days that you just, like, sitting around watching Law and Order. Four days? Yeah. Like, it was... <sighs> On the type of work she was in, I don't want I don't want to put her out there, but it, it, she wasn't like a, a, a um, prostitute or nothing like that. I was that. about to say sex. <laughs> <laughs> but the business that she was in, um, is it was weekend work. So okay, uh, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I think Monday. Okay, but she been complaining like, oh yeah, it's slow. I didn't make any money today. It was it was a it's a tips oriented, tips driven business. 
Um, still not a stripper. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, my mind went. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was um, you know, she just complained. I was just like I said, I, I'm gonna give you alternatives. You can right. you have a car. In yeah. 2023, you can make money with your car. You just yeah. gotta want to do it. Definitely. You don't want people in your car. Do Grubhub. Shit, uh, go, they be on bikes with. <laughs> yeah, you can you can go grocery shopping for people and they pay you. Uh, and yeah. if you do a good enough job, they're gonna tip you. Like whatever yeah. it is, but you got alternatives. Postmates and stuff you can do. Definitely. Um, get creative. Like pandemic. Like I tell people all the time, pandemic isn't made you lazy or made you creative. Right. Um, and the, through the pandemic, obviously, I was able to do my house, but. Like I picked up so many skills right. that it's gonna help me. I can either make money with, or it's gonna help me down the line saving money when I get a bigger house. I ain't gotta pay nobody to come do this stuff. So, I just think, I think men are again not to like go in on women, but I think men we more willing to like uh, find alternatives, and women are kind of like some are just like right. Oh help! You know what <laughs> I mean? It's that's not ideal. Right. Um, how, how you feel about people like so when you have friends that don't support the things that you do? Um, I really, when it comes to friends not supporting what you do, it's a weird place because I'm really big on showing support in different ways. And like I, with my podcast, I have the spotlight that I do. And with that, with that being, can I take a real quick time out? Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right, so how how you feel about your friends that don't support you? So, um, I think people got to realize that we can all support each other. It don't really hurt the, to support one another. And that's one of the reasons why I actually do the spotlight segment of my podcast, because I feel there's other ways to support. So, one of my buddies that does art, I had him on like the week before I had you. Yep. And... I had my brother-in-law had inboxed me and said, yo, I really like his art. I'm really going to go and like cop from him. Now, although I didn't directly set that play up, other eyes got on my homie where other people saw his art that didn't see it in other capacities. So, I mean, we, we can support one another without necessarily having to monetarily support right. somebody's stuff. So, like, even with your podcast, when you said you had a podcast, I instantly went. You watched put it, on, yeah. put it <laughs> so, up everything. Yeah, I I I posted it because it, it don't it don't cost me nothing to screenshot. Yo, I just watched this podcast and it was dope. I really, even if I didn't know you, just the concept around it itself was dope. It was nothing to repost it, and then I think right at the I watched yours. One of my other homies, I watched his podcast, screenshot it as I was watching it, and posted that I saw it. Right. That didn't cost. I mean, that was maybe three seconds worth for worth for effort. I mean, I that cost me nothing. <laughs> I try to uh, any like well, I'm big on like like our us people, like our people, black right. people. Right. So anytime I see like our folk got like a product or anything, like I'll repost it, um, podcast anything, just because even if it's a product that I don't like, I want to use right. I understand that it could be somebody else that might gravitate towards right. it or might need it. You know what I'm saying? It, no matter what, it could be if a chick is selling wigs. I'm obviously not wearing wigs, right. but it could be. I understand. Like I have a following. I got like 1,500 followers. So right. if one of them like it and then tell another hundred people, like that's a sell for them. That's right. eyes on that product. Um, even uh, back to my friend Shakira. So she sells. Uh, 
she sells hair oil, which I use. I use it in my beard and stuff, and I okay. use Neon and Jordan's hair. But I have reposted it, and uh, my best friend, the wedding I went to in Cleveland, his wife saw it, and she reached out, got some oil. I took oh, oil wow. with me to Cleveland when oh, I went. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So, right. like, it's just it, like you said, it takes nothing to like um, to repost or to show. You know, it's because we repost other people's shit that we don't know. Right. Um, and like, I like I noticed, at least for me, like especially with like my podcast. Honestly, so like all my family listens and everything, which is right. really great. But I notice, um, like I, my, my, a lot of my friends listen. But what I notice is, I won't say like my cl- super close friends listen. They may they they tap in every now and again. Right. But a lot of my friends that listen are people that I even met on social media or I met like through like through doing this. Right. Like they the ones that are like constantly reaching out or people that I went like to high school with. Right. But like my like. I'm pretty. I know, like my close close friends, they listen, but they not reposting. Not that they have to or anything, right? But I notice like all the energy and love and like feedback I get are from people that I don't talk to on a daily basis and stuff like that. It's funny that you mentioned that because um, I I told you that I made a post where I said I'm looking for co-host to co-host an episode of my show, and I noticed about forty different comments. And I said, these comments not matching the views. So right. how are you looking to be on my show as a co-host, but you're not tapping into my show? And what's also funny about what you said about the people that view your show, I went to a Halloween party for the network a couple weeks ago. And a guy, when I walked in, he was like, yo, Ant. Now, I noticed him from watching other people's podcasts okay. on the network where he taps in and he'll, he'll talk every once in a while where I'll see him in the comments. He was like, yo, I really enjoy your show. Like your show is dope as shit. I like the concept behind it. Is it just the way it's formatted? I really enjoy it. I was like, oh shit, you be watching? He was like, yeah. You don't see me in the comments. I was like, you know, it's kind of limited the comments that I see, but I really appreciate you watching because you don't have any real connection to me. He was like, I just really. He said, I like your personality when I see you on other shows. It's always good conversation. And he was like, yo, I just think your show was really dope. And I was like, that meant a lot because you don't have to show me that support. Right. <laughs> yeah. I. I like again. I just. I think it's. Like you said, it don't it, it costs nothing to really uh, to show support and to, to go back to what you were saying about uh, like the comments not matching the views. I remember I was somewhere a few weeks ago and someone asked me like to come on and be hey, Ron, can I come on your show? And I was like, you know, I'm always open to anyone to come on. But then they turned to ask me like what my podcast was about, and I, <laughs> I, I immediately was just like in my mind I was just like. Fuck no! Like, like you don't even like how you want to come. You don't even know what's going on here. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, and they proceeded to ask me like what it was about, and I explained it or anything. But it was just like, how can you want to come be a part of something that you don't even know like what my focus is, right? Or, like what I'm trying to bring attention to, or anything like that. So, um, this is definitely not a place to just come and like talk shit about right. your baby dad or your baby you know, mom. My baby like, mom like, and yeah, shit, yeah, you know? like, <laughs> <laughs> it ain't that type of vibe. Yeah, but I'm, like it's just that's not what it's for. It's really like. It's a safe space. It's exactly what it is, but right. it's not. We not. I'm not. I don't need. I don't need to get any negative ratings because you came on here and you like started. You know, fucking East versus West Coast rivalry. Like I don't need. No, that. Yeah, somebody <laughs> do the same sort of similar thing. A guy was like, "Yo, I definitely need to be on your on your podcast," and I was like, "I'm trying to figure out why you saying you definitely need to be on the podcast." Right. But I mean, all right, whatever. So. He tagged me to a post and was like, somebody need to talk about how these baby moms ain't shit. And I was like, you're never going to get play on my job. Yeah, like, I know man. I know. me and my daughter mom have had beefs over the years, but that's been more personal mm-hmm. than like things that I can say about her as a mother. We okay. might have different philosophies, but 
she's a great mom. I I won't take that away from her at all. But you're never gonna get a a bashing session, a a baby mom bashing session out of me because in every situation that I've seen, it's always something about that person that could be changed as well. And right. That's why, like, I'm not I'm not a finger pointer. Right. I've realized that even with my disagreements with my daughter mom, it's been times where she came back and said, "Well, really, nigga, this thing third about you," and I'm like, "Well, damn, I didn't really look at that." Right. <laughs> so is I. I try to keep things as fair as possible as well with that being said. But, yeah, people, it, it don't cost nothing to support. And when it comes to, like, the dynamic of, like, mom versus dad, um, I, even, like, whatever my personal feelings are about, like, their their moms, um, I definitely make sure I don't share it with them. Right. Uh, only only one I had that conversation with is my 19-year-old, and that's because she's of age, and we can right. talk about different shit now. Right. But um, I don't. I, I don't think there's nothing good gonna come out of me telling like if I Jordan your mom is not a good mom you know what I mean right. because that's more opinionated than anything for real for real yeah like I don't you know what I'm saying because like whether I had a good mom or not like I don't really I don't I don't know what a good mom is you know what I'm saying right like, I, I really like I don't how who am I to judge like my yeah. job is to be a, a dad and to show up as a dad right um and ultimately kids figure out on their own who's doing what and who's, thanks they you know always I mean? gonna figure out so. Um, but that also leads me to cause so cause this is something that I struggle with. I tell people all the time, I'm I'm a horrible co-parent. But my really? situation Yeah, my but my situation allows me to be because uh, my okay. kids are like except one or my kids are with me. Right. So I don't wanna sound like it's a dictatorship, but it's more of I just don't have to deal with certain things because we have a piece of paper that says that I don't. Right. So my question to you is like, how do you co-parent? Um, what's the good, the bad? What's the pros and cons? It's funny because I actually hear that as a question I'm gonna do in my podcast. Okay. Further on the line too, but um, as far as the co-parenting goes for me, the good aspect of it is me and my daughter's mom. We were for a long time. I would say probably until like a couple incidents between us recently. We were we were like friends. So okay, she would call and we would. Sometimes we was just busted up about stuff that didn't even have to do with my daughter. I mean, I've, she's called me for advice on her other baby father before. Okay. So we had that type of relationship, I would say, until probably about the last year. But co-parenting is, that's the good part about it. I would say the bad is when you grow up from a different background than that other person. Like, both of our parents were married. Her parents got divorced when she was, like, 16. But okay. she was used to growing up in a two-parent household, but that two-parent household was also very toxic. Right. Whereas I didn't grow up in a toxic environment. My parents, when they had disagreements, they would always have those disagreements behind closed doors. The only thing okay. I would see my parents argue about would be like stupid shit. Like, no, nah, Scooby-Doo, he did have a nephew on that show. He did. Like, it would be <laughs> shit like that that they would okay. argue about. But um, just with that being said, it's hard co-parenting with somebody that just has a different philosophy than you, which is always going to be different. Right. But that's the that's the bad part. I would say the neutral part is just chartering into unchartered, well, going into uncharted territory with a with a child and this other person and y'all experience it, experiencing it together. And it's just like, sometimes we both looking like, yo, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> like, like what's going on? Like my daughter's mom called me one time, I'll never forget. People, if you if you follow me, you'll know the infamous CC video where I had her outside 
sweeping the rain, but uh, what? Yeah, I made my daughter sweep the rain. What? The, what what's the story behind that? So, my daughter, she's on a school bus. Okay. She has these scissors in her hand. Now, her oh. mother had took these scissors from her, like a week or so prior to this, and she filmed the scissors. So she's on the bus, right? Little girl comes up to her and she's looking. So you know how somebody getting his personal space? Like, like, <laughs> you're like, yo, go ahead. back she up. She didn't go back up. She might have went to go like this, but actually says swipe across oh. this little girl's face. She gets suspended. Oh. So, and my first thought was so you were on a, you were on a bus that could have been that little girl's eye. Yeah. So she got suspended. I ended up having to drive back to Philly on a Thursday because her mom was her mom used to be a wraparound, so you know it ain't no school in the summertime. Right. So she's like, "Yo, I just got back to work. I need you to watch Cece." So I'm like, "All right." She was like, "I mean, it's it's your weekend anyway, but yeah. I need you to come back here and have her tomorrow because I can't take off." Okay. So I'm like, "All right." So when I came back, the I said, essentially, you like to do dumb shit. This is this is what uh, I'm going to do for you. Go outside, sweep the rain. She was like, "When do I stop? When all the rain is gone?" <laughs> but um, yeah, that was okay. that was a weird ass scenario. We both sitting there like, "Yo, what the fuck?" The school like, well, we need to have a conference with both parents. Also, we have to talk to the head priest. We don't know if we're going to allow her to come back into school. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, dog, school, what? Yeah. And she like, yo, what? I'm like, I don't know what to do either. I never had to do with and this. Kids don't like they don't understand like the, the real consequences of their actions that cause they kids, like right. they don't get it. Like they just think like, oh, I you know what I mean? Like I could just come back to school the next day and everything's fine. No, it like, ain't like, like that, like, sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> like you might come back to school and it'd be some police. Like right. it, you know, this can go so many different ways. So Yeah. Man, I I I mean, I think that's dope that she said that y'all like able to sit on the phone. Um I don't I don't uh I would say for me, um, like with my teenagers, because they're teenagers, I, there's very little me and their mom ever have to discuss. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it just really isn't. Uh, my nine-year-old, even though she's with her mom more than she's with me, it's just, it, it's literally set up, like our order is designed so that I don't, we don't really have to have any contact unless she's yeah. sick or it got to be something serious. Right. Um, like the other day she texted me, like she chipped her tooth at the playground or something, which I didn't think she needed to text me, but right. like, oh, no, thanks for reaching out. Right. Um, and then my youngest, uh, actually me and her mom probably talked the most, which is weird because in that situation is where um, uh, that's the least amount of support. Okay. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but like... Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't. So I can't say I'm a good co-parent. I, I'm probably a, a shitty co-parent. Um, like I, I don't, we don't, I don't co anything. You know what I mean? Right. And even if I had to, I just wouldn't. Like right. I'm very much about, like I, again, I care about my mental health and my peace. Right. I'm very much about like let me worry about what goes on in my house as exactly. long as like their safety and health is not compromised when they right. have the other parent. Like I'm cool. Like I ain't, I can't because yeah, we we unfortunately we just. I get, it could be a lack of maturity. We just not in a space where we can do that. So that's yeah. talk on the phone. Let my phone ring and I, I, <laughs> voicemail. Like it's just you know what I mean because I need a record of what you about to say. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, I mean yeah, that, again, I that's dope. That. So um, I mean that that pretty much wraps it up, wraps us up. I, I want like just 
Tell, tell you, uh, thanks for you coming on. I appreciate you taking, uh, what, we had 90 minutes of your time. Not um, a problem at all. On. Like, this is actually my longest episode, which is <laughs> okay. dope. Um, keep doing what you're doing, man. I love your appreciate podcast. Appreciate it, appreciate it. And, and likewise. Your podcast is, like, that That live <laughs> aspect is, like, that is, like, I would cr- I told you I would cringe because I'll, I'll be sitting there worried, like, what if, like, if I saw, like, one of my kid's mom's name pop up, like, he logged on to the chat, I'm like, oh, my God, like. Like Tell producer, cut it, <laughs> cut it off. But um, but yeah, man, I, I think you bring a lot of attention and awareness and stuff. Um, you, I'm, you are a active black father. Appreciate um, it. Opposite of what they try to put there out there about us, and um, and yeah, you, you know, you productive man. You're not here selling drugs, none of that. Like um, and sometimes and I wish us. I was. Oh, <laughs> man, yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 listen, ain't nothing to do with Joe, man. You know, you know, I told you, ain't no sports center, ain't no Dove soap, and it ain't no ain't girls there. So, yeah, yeah that's true. I, I'm I, not I definitely buy you my freedom. I'm, I'm not going, but um, but yeah, man. Again, um, thanks for coming on and go ahead, plug yourself. Let everybody know where they can listen, find you. Listen, y'all can find me at the Ant Money Experience on IG. On Facebook, Aunt Rockmore, that's R-O-C-K-E-M-O-R-E. Ladies, my DMs are open. Listen, <laughs> I'm out here, ladies. But um, uh, yeah, definitely the podcast, unlike any other, um, come through, check me out. The Big Exclusive Network. You can find us at the Big Exclusive Network on Facebook. And on YouTube, you can find us at the Big Exclusive Network as well. And come check me out. Have a good time with me every Thursday, 7 p.m. live. Yeah, it's a live podcast, y'all. Y'all, y'all will really enjoy it. Trust me. Um, so check that out. Look out for that this week. Um, and um, again, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for watching. Um, I appreciate y'all. And until next time, peace. <laughs>